Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 52. Holidays, weather, and we may be rambling a lot tonight. Bill is uh, a little late to the party, as was I tonight, so we're getting started a little bit later. But that's all right. You won't notice it if you're listening tomorrow. Josh, how was your week? It was a week. Had to finally file on them not paying, processing correctly, 8127s. So I sent that in. Found out from my ADR that they are going to actually cross-train all the ADRs to sit on their own step twos, which will be nice because then we won't just get crappy language for settlements at two, which are worse, weaker language than the step one that we got originally when it was filed for non-compliance. So that's a beautiful thing. Also was informed that my truck that's been missing since August is no longer my truck because somewhere along the line, it got reassigned to the other office that it, they sent it back to. So that been a fun, it's been a fun week. Hopefully the next two weeks won't be as bad. How about you, James? How was your week? Well, I think the next two weeks are going to be just as bad in terms of volume levels. Hopefully. I'm actually hoping for higher volume levels. You know, that OT paycheck is going to be really nice for me. You know, being on table two doesn't help things much, but I got about five, five and a half hours of OT last week above and beyond the evaluation that I'm at. They had me at my proper evaluation. It would have only been an hour of OT, but I digress. Uh, packages were nice and heavy, so that's going to help my Rex evaluation next April, I guess it is. And um, other than that, I'm... You guys are jealous because I get my Saturdays off still, but unfortunately, that doesn't mean I get any OT either. So, looking for those o- nice Christmas paychecks, but <laughs> you OT? know, so yes, OT lucky. overtime. You know, something Not that Bill of- won't get because he's way too overevaluated. Yeah, but, but he'll, he still works over forty-eight, so he'll get it. Yeah. I think the last couple of years, the most I've gotten was two hours in one week. And one of those was for going over 12 hours a couple of days during that week. Last year, I didn't get any overtime at all last year on this route. And I, I, this year, I was impressed to actually be into overtime on the route. So... Last year, you were an RCA, but I was racking in the I I was racking in the overtime last year. My week was uh, same old, same old. Um, I was into overtime by the time I hit Street Friday. (laughs) 
I had added up my hours, plus I did a little extra OT uh, a couple days this week, uh, helping out the newbie. And, uh, you know, don't mind going helping out the, the kid that's uh, actually trying and, and doing okay, because we all know this is the wrong time of year to be brand new. And, uh, but he uh, he's doing all right. He's hanging in there. He's not getting frustrated. He's, uh, he's taking it with stride. And, you know, we just, we just keep reminding him, dude. You get through Christmas time, it'll be cakewalk after that. So he's uh, he, he's uh, anticipating for that and and kind of like, gosh, can it come quicker? But uh, he's hanging in there. Unfortunately, our other new person who has only been doing parcel runs because they just finished academy uh, a couple weeks ago is uh, no longer with us. They uh, they did resign prior to actually doing their OJT. So. Uh, uh, leaves us two for now. We'll see what happens. I am the next to get a sub when and if we get one hired. So, but other than that, my my week wasn't too bad. The weather's been decent, so I haven't had to fight the normal white crap that we have at this time of year. So I'll take that. You bitch. Hey, Bill's with us. Hey. <laughs> my apologies. My apologies. It's it's been a weekend from hell. You know. I went I, shopping today, so you know it's really fun because you don't know what size your daughter wears anymore. So she's got to try on everything. So you're buying her Christmas presents right in front of her. You know that's how it goes. I have a and daughter. I have a daughter. Oh, you oh okay. Have a daughter. I have. I have a daughter. <laughs> I thought, oh Chris, I, thought Chris, I thought Kristen was your uh, uh, adoptive daughter. Uh, well, That's kind of awkward. Okay. But... <laughs> 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 Too hey, funny. Kristen, no, I, we actually, my... I actually had to get out of the house. I had to get the boyfriend out of the house and we forced the, the daughter to go with us, so we went and did some shopping and went to dinner tonight. And So I was running a little behind, too, but that's okay, because we finally got away from the house for a change and my one day off. But uh, other than that, my week's been all right. It's, it is what it is. How, how was your week, Bill? Oh, it, it was one of them from hell, you know. Let's see, we had parcels, more parcels, and then some more parcels, and then and then then spurs and spurs and spurs and spurs and spurs. Oh yes, I can relate on the spurs and spurs and spurs and spurs. And then yeah. and then on Friday I actually got parcel help. Ooh. So my my sub of record took my truck with my parcels and, and went out and delivered the big ones and left me, you know, all the spurs. So, on average, you know, Tuesday to Saturday, I'll have five, maybe six trays of DPS. Well, I had so much clerk mail, I didn't notice I was missing some pieces. So, as I'm going out to the truck, I found two partial trays on the wrong shelf. So, I took them to the street and delivered them. That, that was fun. I always hate that, but that was fun. Then I come back, and there's another partial tray sitting on my case. No note, no nothing. All right, I'm going home. At 8 o'clock, I read a text from my supervisor saying, Postmaster expects you to deliver these. I, I, I sent a simple text back. Ha, 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 ha. I haven't heard anything since then, but you, they must be out of their goddamn mind. They really must be. 
I just can't figure out that these people. I hear you. I did get parcel help like one or two days. It wasn't a lot. I did say, please make sure you get me parcel help this coming Tuesday for the sheer fact that uh, I have to drive two hours to my daughter's seventh grade band concert Tuesday night. So uh, I said, I need to go. And you've got to have me parcel help on Tuesday. That's the only day I require it this week. And uh, my brother is uh, nicely uh, stepping up for me and picking up my son from the airport tomorrow night. Yay! Yeah, so I don't have to worry about trying to get down to Detroit by, you know, 1030 tomorrow night and then turn around and come home and go to bed and get up and then do another two-hour drive. So that's actually helpful. So that way my son, when he gets home, he can uh, get his car registration uh, switched around from California because they keep insisting he needs emission testing. So he can get that transferred to Michigan and get his car legal. And then he'll have his car to drive while he's home for the month. Looking forward to seeing my kid next week sometime. Probably next weekend. Yeah, let's let's leave the car issue out of my conversation for the, the next four months, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Don't start. Don't start, okay? Okay, we won't. <laughs> look, look, I'm, I'm upset enough reading some of the stuff on social media about the dumbasses in management coming up with these rules about Oh, you can't have uh, delivery on su- uh, Monday so, or Sunday, so you're gonna have to take it out on you know Monday. Well, where's that rule that you can't use your subs? I'm sitting there like, are, you can't be this stupid, can you? Can you really be that stupid? It's uh, a rhetorical question, right? Yes, it is. It is yeah. rhetorical. We, we've okay, decided. To make sure. We've decided. We've got a couple regulars. We've got one in particular who's been going in on Sundays to deliver packages. Um, she didn't make the new guy go in Sunday. He was actually kind of relieved, but, uh, I, I decided, um, coworker and I decided if we go in on any Sunday, it's going to be Christmas Eve because we're supposed to be getting a drop that day. And that way we can clear the complete office out and provide a service to our customers on Christmas Eve. That'll be the only Sunday I'm working Sunday on. I mean, can, can you imagine reading somebody on social media saying we're not delivering Sunday? And we have 25 subs. What? Yes. What? What? That's just cutting your nose off to spite your face. You're gonna and you're I, gonna end up paying those subs overtime anyway. And then you turn around and instead of paying the subs overtime at their lower rate, you're gonna turn around and pay your regular carriers overtime instead. You know, yeah. You, you wanna pay me sixty seven eighty five to work overtime? Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll take the overtime. Yeah. I'll work. I'll work beyond twelve hours as a regular carrier on those days. Hell yeah! You know, I just yeah, that's probably be my day tomorrow. But you know, yeah, exactly. It's if you're gonna pay me the overtime, I'm gonna make sure you're paying me the overtime. I, you know, I killed myself last year running my ox route on top of a full route, being the only sub in that office. I'm still pulling over 60 hours a week right now as a regular because I don't have a sub. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. I, you know, I, I'm still, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I I feel more worked now than I did last year, and I'm just one, running one route. But like I said, I go out and help the newbie when, when I can, so that's not a problem. And well, that's I'm what happy. the rural craft does. We yeah. help each other out. I'm happy yeah. for you because I don't get overtime until I get over 62 hours. That's my 62? route evaluation. Yeah. Yeah, my route evaluation is sixty-two point three nine. You have That's to remember, standard hours. 
yeah, Christmas overtime is based on the standard hours of your evaluation. Yeah, but see, supervisor feels bad for me when I put it that way. <laughs> uh, played her ass like a deck of cards, baby. Oh yeah, get that royal flush. Something better flush. <laughs> hey, I picked up a bottle of screwball today while we were out shopping. Ooh, I'll have a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got. I, so, I just got a little bottle. I didn't get a big one. What the hell? Talking so, about such things, Kristen, you were saying that your kids at that age, where you have to try everything on. Uh huh. Well, due to being a single father of four, when my wife was about your kid's age, my father-in-law would give give them the credit card and send her and my sister-in-law out shopping for their for themselves. So they would go together, pick out all their stuff. And my wife would take her sister's things and vice versa to wrap them. And then they pretend to be surprised Christmas morning. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I at least with my other daughter be living, you know, two hours away, I did pick up a few things for her. So she will be surprised. But with the one that's, you know, lives at home and the fact that she's lost almost 100 pounds that, you know, I don't oh, know what size to her. get her. You know, I don't know what to get. Her. Right. So we have to try stuff on because I don't right. know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was we had a nice day out and I got back as soon as I could. So all right. Why don't we talk about this crazy weather that's been going on, James? Yep. So I uh wanted to put this out there. We are praying for all our carrier brothers and sisters as well as anybody else affected by the tornadoes that happened uh at the time of this recording yesterday and today uh there has been videos and pictures of postal offices that have been hit by tornadoes uh the worst one i saw was a video of a person on the back dock of the post office as the tornado rolled through damaged llvs damaged povs and damaged postal tractor trailers that was harrowing to watch let alone know that somebody was actually out in a vehicle when that happened in that parking lot preliminary evaluation so far have it at minimum an ef3 tornado that went through tennessee so i i wanted to talk about this because this is something that really gets under my skin when it comes to this job and that is the fact of the lack of care for postal employees there were reports from the carriers out there in that area that the only alert they got was the EAS alert on the scanner, and the scanner did not have any information about the tornado warning. And the other part of it is, is though we do have EAS alerts on our cell phones, the weather alerts have to be turned on by you. They're defaulted off, so you have to turn them on. So I wanted to talk about this a little bit because we are out in the weather we are out in the elements i've been in the llv during a tornado myself on my route and there are a lot of different things that we have to think about as carriers out there and one of them of course is the weather now we are in the winter months although tornado reports don't sound like winter time 
But in Dixie Alley and places like that, it is still possible to have severe weather while the Northeast is getting a snowstorm and things like that. I wanted to talk about best tips and tricks we have for getting information about the weather. Do you guys have any tips that you guys do to set yourself up for the weather? Well, in my my area, I've got a weather alert advisory from three of the news states that pops up anytime, you know, it, it, anything severe comes up, whether it's, you know, flash flood, you know, warnings, uh, severe wind, a, any any type of thing, because being out in rural areas, uh, a lot of people don't take into consideration tree branches. When you're driving un- underneath canopies and next thing you know, your windshield's gone because, you know, a, a four-inch limb came down on you. So uh, I, I have that. I, I That's the only thing I use and, and it's very accurate how about you Kristen? i do have the weather alerts turned on on my phone uh, main reason you know well i want to go back to the tornado that hit gaylord you know in northern michigan most from my understanding most of the carriers were back to the office when it hit however i do know of one that was still out and he was in toward the area of the path going uh east of town but he was all right but you know living on a great lake literally i mean lake huron is four blocks from my house i mean there's times in the winter time you can step outside and you just hear the waves crashing and it sounds like you're living next to a freeway but it's it's the lake and yesterday's wind was pretty uh pretty interesting along the lake shore they're uh delivering but yeah i do definitely have the weather alerts turned on on my phone uh, as for office-wise, yeah, nobody really pays attention to anything in the office. I'll put it that way. But that, and I you? always I always check the weather forecast every morning, too, just so I have an update on, you know, am I going to be freezing my toes off or am I going to be, you know, having sweating? It just depends. But, yeah, I, I, keep a, I keep an eye on the forecast every day and uh, do have the weather alerts on on my phone. How about you, Josh? Well, the one app I use for weather has the alerts come through uh, that you know through that app and which i use weatherbug because being at the time when i downloaded it standing outside with no cover at, at a metal cbu i'm at you know during the summer when we have them pop-up storms where you could go from like 95 degrees then the it, you know, you know it's coming because it drops down to 70 degrees. The wind's picking up. It was the most up-to-date, like within a minute or two on the radar of saying when, how close the weather is. And also, they have another um, sub-app in there, which tells you within the last 30 minutes how close the closest lightning strike is to your location. Yeah, I, I have the uh, WeatherBug app, and I use it specifically for the lightning tracking. Yeah, I have other apps as well. One of the big ones that I've seen around now, there used to be other versions of, of apps out there for this, but the latest one is Radar Omega. And I'll preface this by we are not sponsored by any of these products that we're talking about here, um, but we do use them, so we're talking about them. Radar Omega does do the alerting, does give radar and things like that, and it also has storm chasers on there that you can actually watch their live feeds and stuff too as well. But there's also other apps as well, like 
weather bug, you know, on Android alone, the one I use and the one that actually gets the alerts the fastest to me is an app called WX, literally just the letters W and X together. And it alerts my phone so much quicker than any other app out there. And it comes directly from the National Weather Service. And those are the only people that can actually give real alerts. Yeah. And, but just being able to understand the weather and learn the stuff and things like that. And even wintertime, you know, they just came out with snow squall warnings. And here in Michigan, one of the biggest spots for snow squalls is I-94. It is a given that if there is a snow squall in Michigan, it is on I-94. And usually when it happens, there's a pileup. Oh, 94 is horrible. Just in, I don't even like driving 94 if I don't have to. Um, yeah. Also, what you get I-75 up in northern Michigan, too. Up yep. in the UP and the northern lower, having lived in Gaylord in the middle, smack middle on the snow belt there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I have definitely delivered some mail in blizzard-like conditions. Let me tell you, that is not fun. Uh, yeah, I, I've done it. Going along in an LLV, and all you do is open the door, deliver it in the box, and shut the door because it's snowing so hard, you'd be covered with the window. Well, no, I was POV. I was POV doing that. So uh, Ooh, that was. Ouch. And I had an older car, so I had the old crank windows. <laughs> it, it, luckily, my, like, luckily, my office does have the, the window covers for our LLVs. It is nice. It does make, they're not perfect. Don't get me wrong. You do have that small opening there to, you know, service the boxes, but uh, it definitely does help, especially along when I get the, the wind picks up along the lakeside and I'm driving north back up US 23 and I've got that wind coming in off Lake Huron. It definitely helps uh, more than most will realize. But yeah, it's, I definitely, if you live in an area where it gets cold and, I definitely reach out to management about getting those covers on the for those windows. I mean, they're easy to take on and take off, and they definitely make a huge difference once we started using them. I won't go a winter without one anymore. I almost took mine off the other day for the fact that it was supposed to be in the 50s, but I kept it on and just didn't run the heat. Jar asked for, to explain what a snow squall is for a Texan. Um, so a snow squall is a band of snow that is so heavy it is to cause white out conditions to where you can't even see past the nose of your own car if that far if that far usually it's about about the distance of your wiper blades off the windshield that you can see yes <laughs> and then you've got these vehicles flying down i-94 at 75 80 85 90 miles an hour into that snow squall and of course because it's snowing so hard, it doesn't even have time to melt when it hits the pavement, even if the pavement is warmer than freezing. So yeah, you're sliding into a to a pileup, whether you like it or not. Yes, you are. And you know, I like I said, I avoid 94 at all costs if I can anyways, but uh, if I don't have to drive it, you know, I grew up down in that area, so I learned the back roads real good. <laughs> even in dry weather, 94 is dangerous. Oh, because people just don't pay attention. (laughs) But that's the biggest thing we wanted to talk about because management at those offices didn't even bother 
to send an emergency text message to the carriers warning them about it. And that's and when that, texting on the scanner is completely acceptable. Emergency so that, situations are the only reason management should be texting you. And safety. Well, Correct. Yeah. Yep. And messaging people, telling them that they've got packages left at the office, messaging people, telling them well, you're going to pick up overtime when you get back to the office, or any other reason, dilutes the message feature. It yes. literally causes you to ignore the sound. And when it is a life or death situation, management should be on top of that, protecting their carriers and caring about their carriers. But we all know management doesn't. And I know Bill would love to get in on this, but I'm I'm saying it here. Management does not give two shits whether you are alive or dead on your route. They'll put somebody else in your truck the next day without a problem. Oh, they'll and put somebody even. in the truck the same day to finish the route if they have to. Yeah. Oh, are, are you talking about the escaped Brazilian prisoner from Chester County Prison? Who killed two people and they never sent our carriers alerts. The, that well, that, that, well, that yeah, and then we had the yeah, we had right. the one down here, uh, the one down here that uh, was uh, mental, possibly armed, barefoot, running around. You know, so it I mean, there's a, all kinds of different things. I know yeah. they, they weren't they weren't wearing a pink thong, Bill. Oh, okay. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had that one from Florida that was running around in the vicinity of Route of our six that day. I was out there and I saw two state troopers parked off one of the side roads and wondering, huh, wonder what's going on out here. And it was after the fact that I found out about it when they took him down in one of the customers' backyards, and he was wanted out of the state of Florida. And that that and that goes back to my Friday evening when I got back and there's a partial tray of DPS there, and I get home and I read a text on my phone, my private phone from the supervisor, saying the PM expects me to deliver that. You know, like I said, ha 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 ha. Yep, I'll yeah. deliver that Monday. Yep, I'll deliver it on Monday. <laughs> yeah, my girl took care of it on Saturday. Oh well, even better. Yep, you ain't lying. So that's why we wanted to talk about this, is because they're not going to message you. Your scanner is probably not going to alert you in the right way. So you need to have a way to get those alerts, whether it be on your phone or even if you go out and buy a handheld weather radio, because those weather radios will give you those alerts plus other EAS alerts if needed. That's what they're designed to do. And you can set them for wherever you are, for your county, or you can just have the general weather radio scanning on the feature. But have a way to get those alerts because I don't want to see any carrier. I don't care if you're city, rural. I don't care if you're a clerk. I don't care if you're a janitor, any of that. I don't want to see anybody that works for the Postal Service get killed because they were not alerted by the weather. You guys are too important to us to have something as minor as a weather alert not given to you. All right, enough about that sad topic. Let's so, talk about driving in that bad weather. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, 
Let me tell you, after 25 years, I will give you scientific proof that LLVs and FFVs in snow are magnetically attracted to mailboxes as you pull away. Yep. Yep. No, no matter which way the road tilts, your rear end's always going to go for that mailbox. I've, well, I've, coming I've, up I've, to it, your nose is going to pull to the right, too. Yeah, oh, no, your nose just, will go after it as you're stopping. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just drive right up on the lawn then, you know? <laughs> Keep but it no, going. It, Don't lose traction. You know, if, I, if, I, you feel like you're, if you feel like you're going to lose it and hit the mailbox or do something else, skip the mailbox. Yep. It's not worth it to sit there and wait two hours for them to bring a hook to get you off the mailbox, which I've done. Or like I did uh, a couple weeks ago, I ended up actually stuck right next to the mailbox. I didn't touch the mailbox, but I was right next to it. And when I tried to rock it back, it slid closer to the mailbox. I'm like, nope, I'll just take a hook. And the hook got me out, got me on the crown of the road. I took off and kept delivering. But your safety is your responsibility. You are the captain of that ship. You're in charge of that truck or car, or whatever you use to deliver the mail. And if you feel it is unsafe, what do we do, Bill? File a 1767, and then file, file, file. If they argue with you. Hey, you know, it, look, the, the one nice thing about the 1767, you're the only one who's there that can make the determination of safety or not. They can't. They, they cannot give you any idea of what you're driving into, what the road conditions are, the road bed is, the, you know, the, around the mailbox. You have to make that determination. And your safety is more important than any damn packing. Your vehicle, you're not getting trashed, you know, trying to deliver something because it's coming out of your pocket, not theirs. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, you are you are the judge of your own skill at driving. I don't expect anybody from Texas, Florida, Louisiana, any of those states to be able to come up here and drive in the conditions that I drive in or that Bill drives in or that Kristen drives in. Just the same, I would expect that the Texas, Louisiana, and Florida people would not expect me to be able to handle the heat as well as they do because I'm from a colder climate state. Your driving is based on your skill in your area and you're the ju best judge of your own driving ability although most people overestimate their driving ability including myself well just you know, remember it, oh. <laughs> it, it's thing that you know like you, you can be in a snow state you don't have to get a lot of snow but if the one side of the road there's an embankment and snow's getting piled up and drifting there you know, that's a lot different than, you know, you go into town and there's there's two inches of snow. Well, it's not drifting there, okay? You go out through New Mexico. How many times have you, you know, come across a, a scorpion in the mailbox or, or anything else, an armadillo in Texas? You know, different parts of the country have different precautions that you have to exercise because of, you know, where you're at. And, and it's up to you to make that sound judgment, not management. Well, I remember years, two years back, I was covering, you know, when I was still an RCA, covering a route that we had gotten snow like four days or so before that. But on this one road had a lot of trees 
canopy so it was constantly shady so it you come around a bend on a downhill and because of all the shade it didn't melt the ice yet on that you know on that bend which is a downhill slope and i lost traction in the road i was able to stop the truck with the mailbox post dead center of the bumper and i was about two or three inches from hitting the box i just put it in park hit the e-brake cut the engine called back and said this is where i'm at i am not trying to move this truck you can you can come out and the station manager came out with the maintenance guy to move the truck you know to move the truck and get it back on the road because i wasn't going to have that accident on my on my record and of course the manager didn't tell the maintenance guy to bring rock salt to melt the two inch of ice that was under the truck so they're just sitting there beating it with his um wrench to try and chip it away well it's like my, my subs I'll, i taught all of them you know in the uh because well, i have an ffv you know you have snowy conditions and with these vehicles even with chains on the rear wheels you you put it in second gear you take the overdrive off and you drive slow as po- you know slow slow as possible that, that you need to to approach a mailbox correctly but just like teaching my boys how to drive if you have one inkling of doubt of what you're doing that that's the time when you break away and say no more because as soon as you start to doubt yourself you're going to press and that's when you're going to have an accident whether it's hitting the mailbox or a parked car or anything else Right. So, you know, once you lose that confidence driving in bad weather, th- then you're at risk. Right. And, bad, you know, I'm fine with bad, you know, bad weather. I grew up in Philly. So, you, you, you know, I know what the weather conditions are. It's just like I said, on a, on a bend downhill, on a downward slope, thick patch of ice that hadn't melted everything else in the whole area, you know, in the whole area is, is gone. I'm like, I am not trying to move this vehicle because if I do, I know it's going to slide in and actually tap that box. If I'm lucky, it's only tapping it. You know what I mean? You know, right now, management's pushing everybody to get everything out every day and do second trips and all that. Folks, when enough is enough, your body's going to tell you, your mind's going to tell you, your your instincts are going to be on alert. And that's when you sit there and say, okay, I'm done for the day. I mean, Monday, last Monday, I, I did 13 and a half hours. I came home, ate my dinner, and fell asleep sitting there eating my dinner. I mean, normally a 13-hour day isn't nothing, but, I mean, you know, you're in and out. You're moving packages around. You're trying to find them, you know, everything else. Even though I have a good system, guess what? You know, it wears you out. And when when you're dismounting, 100 to 120 times a day for these packages it wears on you it really does that and because there's so many of them at least six seven times you have to go back there and rearrange them just to get them back into some semblance of order for the, at least the next couple streets that's a had one customer he, i came to the back of the truck to get this package and uh he looks it looks at the back of my truck and i have that bungee truck cord in the back holding the the back end of my delivery up to right. the ceiling right and he goes mm-hmm. what's that and i says that's the back half of my route he says oh you're fucked 
I said, thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, he, he says, you want to come in and get a drink now? Oh, but hey, you know, that's the kind of customers I have. They, they speak the truth just like I do. You might not like it, but it's, you know, it's the truth. Yep. Please be honest. Was, yeah. You may not like me, but that's okay. I'm an honest person. Talked about the weather. Now we're going to talk about this next two weeks, what we're going to be dealing with, how we're going to deal with it, and what's going on. Only two more Mondays to go. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah. I, then I'll know what it's like to have two days off. Well, unless I go in on Christmas Eve. So, yeah, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Christmas Day. Wow, what's two days off in a row like? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I did go and message Corey. He said that he was fine in his area. It went, it passed right by them. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. a plus. Yeah, wow. two more weeks of Christmas overtime, guys. Let's see how these pan out for us. Well, I'm inspired after seeing the uh, president's uh, video. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't think James don't... wanted to hit that rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I am sorry, but when the curtain behind him had more emotion and movement <laughs> than Ooh. the person speaking. It was obviously reading off of a teleprompter or something. Was reading something or... I don't know. It almost looked like a ventriloquist dummy talking, but oh, you didn't see Jeff Dunham there. I was going to say, was what was it? Was was his eyes taped up, or was it the Botox injections? I don't know what was going on, but to me, the conversation did not flow smoothly. It did not feel genuine. It felt like it almost felt like our response to fan mail. Yeah, it really did. Fully read, no no emotion, no, there was, it felt ingenuine, would be the way I would put it. No real heartfelt concern for the carriers that have their feet on the ground. No, and there, if, if you're going to give out a holiday message, especially talking to a craft that needs motivation, it needs support, it needs somebody to give them a little bit of boost of energy, on what they're doing, that was not how you do it. <sighs> he had he had more emotion at national convention than that. Yeah, well, that's a I definitely. Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm gonna leave that, that one alone. And I definitely <laughs> did not take I did not take the time to count how many times he licked his lips this time. But when are, you are, are trying you... to, especially when you're doing your first message, when you're doing your first message. To the, to the craft on video. Granted, he's put two messages out to, well, let, let me rephrase that. He's put half a message out to people in two, two editions of the magazine because the first one was 100% only about the decertification. The second one was half of a conversation and then more about the decertification. I'm waiting for the next one to see how much of this one he talks about the decertification, but we'll see. But when you're giving out your first message, do it with passion. Show us that you have fight in you. Show us that you care. Show us that you're earning your almost $200,000 a year paycheck instead of sitting there and droning on with no real inflection, 
no real emotion and no real motion either. Well, I, I know I, everybody else was looking for some inspirational guidance, maybe maybe a little hope that, you know, we're going to turn the corner on management and, and, you know, make them accountable. But when I got done that, I woke up and my battery wore down. That That was just short of torture. I mean, when I did my breakdown of it, I watched the video first, all the way through, straight through, listened to every single word he said, how he said it, and thought about why he said it. Because whoever wrote this was trying to convey a message without the words. And I don't think that it was conveyed properly when it was spoken to the public. I'd be happy to sit down and have a conversation with them about what they're actually trying to achieve. Off the record, of course. I, would, I don't want it on record on recording or any of that stuff. They can have a conversation off the record with me about what they were trying to achieve there. But I really didn't see any achievable goals in what they said. Well, I was waiting for him to tell us how, how the uh, test trials were going in regards to uh, being able to cut routes. Uh, that too. Because from what I've heard, they've all failed. Yep, that's what I've heard too. You know. Well, from what I've heard is they were on paper, they were fine, but however, they keep picking offices to test that for one reason or another, they can't do them. Well, the reason so why they, they can't will... do them, the reason why they can't do them is before you only had 30 points to figure out how to cut her out to 43K from a 48 or higher. Now you have 120 and, points to figure out, and you have to figure out the mail volume for each and every single mailbox that you remove from that route. Because if you don't, well, then you're going to either cut them too far or you're not going to cut them back enough. And I can tell I you, say I can tell you from my office, from my office, a route got castrated just before the first count. Castrated by an idiotic PM who was acting as the rural pe person to do the, the editing for the route. Absolutely gutted. And I am actually surprised that at the second mini-mail survey, his route didn't go down to an off route. That's how much he got gutted by this idiotic PM. This new system has to account for your volume factor, your package volumes for each address, everything involved with that. Because now it is such a risk to do that. And then on top of that, after they cut your route, your evaluation still has a year before it's going to go back down. Because even when they cut it, it's still showing all those past parcels and mail volume that you had on your route. So it's still going to take two or, or three evaluations before it goes back to its regular amount unless they come up with some new system to, to actually translate that volume over to the other route. I just don't see it actually working right, even if they try to get it to work by this next mini-mail survey in April, because there are too many factors that they haven't accounted for. Well, I was just going to say that. To you. They won't know what the, you know, they can basically guesstimate what needs to come off or get put on to get you to get to whatever that ideal number is that they're looking for, but it'll take 52 weeks of data to find out where they're actually at, where the route actually landed. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're looking at factors that they need to have set in stone for these cuts. And the problem is 
as you've seen in every time we've had management talk about things in front of us, they don't bring up rural numbers. They bring up city carrier numbers because they don't have that information. They don't have that data. So how the hell is management going to be able to do these Rex cuts when they don't even have the information available in a spreadsheet that supposedly is going into these evaluations? Right now, it's a limited team that has access to do them. Limited team Whether, as in one one person that doesn't know their butt from a hole in the ground. No, it's actually, it's a, I think it's eight or 12 people in the department. For the entire that, country, though. For the entire country. Yeah, that might as well be one person. That, yeah, that's it. And when they go into an office to do them, they have two weeks, one pay period to get it complete, to get everything to look at all the everything for all the routes and get it you know to complete it and the line of travel has to be rewritten line every single line line by line it's not like the old where they can go into the 403 and just delete these four lines add two more lines jump down further delete seven more lines add two lines they have to rewrite it from scratch well, I'm not, I'm not going to buy into this horse shit until they get it straightened out, because Rex is a fraud just just on one aspect, your 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 average speed. Okay, how do you dictate average speed when a third of the country is out in rural routes where you have unpaved roads? You know, you you have graded roads. You're not traveling graded roads at 35 miles an hour. Oh you know? Lord, no. No, I. <laughs> You Some know, of those you feel like you're speeding and going too fast at 2025. 20, yeah. I've driven those roads. I know. So, you know, you can take that speed matrix and just blow it out your ass. But, you know, in the same way, you know, with the letters. I mean, you know, what's it, 86 a minute? And and somebody had said last week that, you know, the machine's only doing 70 minutes. Well, how can we do them faster than the machine? Exactly. Apparently, yeah. rural, carriers, rural carriers are better than machines. Apparently, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, but, you know, some are. Well, good good on us for being that efficient and fast. Now, if we could just get management to be that efficient. Oh, well, well, well Jar, he has a question about less than half a second for stop sign. It was allegedly put in there at that because most rural carriers don't come to a full stop. But the post office put in that time factor for stop signs just to show that they don't condone our rolling stop sign. Actually, it's been recalculated as three seconds per stop sign. Again? I didn't even yeah. see that one. You got to remember, they just updated it. Oh, meanwhile, me, meanwhile, I have private drives that don't, private roads that don't have stop signs at the end of them, but they come out to a US 23, and there's times where I'm sitting there for a good 30 seconds to two minutes waiting for traffic to clear so I can pull out. Yeah, and and then you also have to think about what is the state law for that. State law says that when you are leaving a private drive or a parking lot, that you have to come to a complete stop before you pull out onto a main road. But yet there's no stop sign because guess what? It's law that you have to stop. But management won't allow you to put a stop sign there if there's no stop sign actually in the ground. Yeah. I know, because I had to go back through and fix mine. And and then I, I like the part, like, on, like I said, I'm on US 23, 
and I, I I love where I get to, all right, go to this box and retrace. No, there's no retracing. That's five lanes. That's two lanes going both north and south in a turn lane. I literally have the other road. I have to make a wide turn and back into it so I can wait and see if traffic is clear in order to make that left-hand turn so I can retrace. You know, I there's no way. I mean, it's... And then I have at the south end part... I literally have to wait till traffic clears so I can pull out into the lane and then pray to God somebody pays attention to me as I'm waiting for traffic north and northbound traffic to clear so I can make that left-hand turn onto that road so I can then turn so I can retrace. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, or if somebody stole it. Mm-hmm. I have one on my route that luckily there's two stop signs there, but one of the stop signs is gone. If it was the only stop sign there, guess what? Management would make me remove the stop on my mapping because the stop sign's gone, even though the pole's still there. And I have, you know, and I have, like I said, I have a lot of city crap on my route to where I have to pull into the parking lot to get to their mailbox and then pull back out to get to the main road. And, like, again, I am sitting there many times for upwards of a minute or two or longer waiting on traffic to clear before I can continue on. And how does that affect my drive matrix, you know? Or you can have a townhouse development like I do, where there is actually two stop signs for nine different intersections. So I don't even get a traffic control point for where I have to pull up and stop to look both ways to get back out onto the main drag going through the townhouses. Yeah. I mean, there is so many, you know, thing. each individual route has its own individual nuances to where you can't have the drive matrix to say, well, this is your average speed. No, that's not going to be my, that may be my average speed on a Saturday morning when traffic's not heavy, but that's not going to be my, my, my average speed on a Friday while I'm waiting for traffic to clear. Especially in the summertime when you got everybody coming up north on Friday. You know, it's, it, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, that'll just teach you to um, drive during rush hour. Well, sometimes you can't help that, you know. Sometimes oh, know. rush hours all day long in my town. Oh, yeah, or those rural routes where you get stuck behind farm equipment. It, <laughs> you know, I've, I've had that where I had to, yeah, get stuck behind the combine going down the road because... They take up the whole little narrow road and you're stuck behind them because there's no place for them to pull off and there's no way for you to go around them. That doesn't, you know. Or the county road grader making the road smoother for you. Yeah, that too. Or the plow trucks. I I remember up in Gaylord, uh, you know, the plow trucks when when they were scraping the side and they come up behind me and I used to have fun because then I would purposely go a little bit slower just to piss them off until I got to point where I was pulling off they could go around me. But, oh yeah, that was... Or the garbage trucks. <laughs> I leapfrog garbage trucks three times a week. <laughs> our garbage our garbage men are so mean. They They will take garbage cans and literally put them in front of the mailbox. Even of customers that put them on the other side of the driveway. Yeah, or or they stick them way out to where you literally got to wait for traffic to clear to go around the garbage can. Or yep. construction zones. Oh, don't get me started on that. They're going to be doing the bike path this next spring, summer, that going on 23. That's going to be not fun. 
well, ha half a mile from Westchester Post Office is a reservoir. And uh, anywhere from late October to maybe the middle of December, we have goose cr crossings. And there's nothing like sitting there trying to explain the stationary event for a goose crossing. Or, yeah, or waiting for the turkeys to clear out. Like that picture I posted, you know, a couple weeks ago when we got the snow and I had, you know, a flock of 50 turkeys out, you know, in the middle of the road. And I'm like, okay, guys, oh, come let on, me make you. Dinner. I'm going to yeah. make you fly. <laughs> I made them fly, I, that's for sure. I, I, I do remember that one turkey on uh, Facebook where it attacked the mail carrier. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, we had that happen in my old office, too. Turkey went after a carrier. Oh, yeah. It happens. I, I remember seeing a video two years back of the turkey chasing the carrier around the truck. I, was, I had to stop for chickens the other day because they were... I know what house they belonged to, but they were in the yard of the house across the street. And then they decided they wanted to cross the road in front of me. So I'm like, all right, come on. Let's go, guys. Well, I stopped for chickens Why didn't they once. cross the road? <laughs> I, I stopped for chickens once, but it was at Chick-fil-A. Get it? Get it? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Cackle, cackle, cackle. <laughs> yeah, I had, um, uh, I had a house that had peacocks on, my old, on the ox route. And that was always fun in the summertime when they were running around. They'd be up by the mailbox. I'm like, all right, guys, move, please. I they made more noise than the dogs did when I'd pull up. Oh yeah, yeah. they're 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 great guard animals. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they are not quiet. No, they are not. No. Nope. Last time we were, last time we were home and went to the zoo because the Philadelphia Zoo has the peacocks running roaming free. They had something there, and there was a mirror, and the one was fighting the other peacock in the mirror. And he was not quiet. Well, since we're on holidays, weather, and ramblings, I got a rambling. How about that? Go for That's it. fine. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we talk about, you know, getting the, the right delegates that go to the national convention and, and elect a new national board, a board that cares, that understands, and has experienced our woes every day. Just bear with it, please. It, it's a drawn-out process to get rid of these folks. but. You know, we have to work within the confines of the system that we're, we're involved in. Don't give up. I, I know, especially this time of year, th there are so many people just, you know, shaking their heads. Some people are walking off the jobs. Some people are, are just retiring. And, you know, it, it breaks my heart that the post office can break us. Now, I, I don't understand everybody's individual situations, and I empathize with you. But as a craft, we have to stay strong. We have to file. We, we have to grieve. We have to fight for ourselves, for others. And, and, and we have to make management toe the line as much as they demand us to toe the line. Get educated. Read the contract. The M38. The um, PO603. Learn your right. And fight. Because it just... It breaks my heart. It does. You you see some of this stuff on, oh God, at least twenty different social media platforms, where where people are just downtrodden. I mean, you know, they're beaten, and, and they're at the point of of giving up. Don't. We're here. You can you can message us. Um, anybody wants to reach out, do so because we need you. The only way we're going to change this union 
back to representing the craft is if you stay involved, be active, and get your ass to the national convention so we can change the national board back to representing the craft. Amen. I completely 100% agree. I agree with that too because the worst is here. What we're dealing with right now is the worst that we deal with. Hostile management, creating a hostile work environment for carriers left and right. Carriers only get five mistakes, five mistakes at most. Let's just put it that way, at most before they're terminated. Management can get 35 85 150 mistakes and even the worst ones can have the most awful of mistakes and maybe they'll get a 14-day in-office suspension maybe or they'll just get moved or they'll get moved but they'll still be doing the same things over and over and over and upper management doesn't realize this and our union our union is supposed to be there to put their foot down and the only way we can get people in there to put their foot down is to get delegates at these conventions state and national because your state is just as important as your national your local is just as important as your national you need to be involved if you can do it if you can't be a delegate vote if you're not a member if you're not a dues payer become one and vote your voice is the most important thing of this union the leadership should be listening to your voices they should be listening to your concerns they shouldn't say we've had it too good for too long that carriers have been getting paid 45, 46K when they've been getting off at noon, things like that. The craft needs to be taken care of by the leadership and the leadership needs to listen to the craft because without the craft, there is no leadership. You, and I, and, I, and I, sorry, I don't mean to interject, James. Go ahead. But, uh, you know, listening to uh, our friend, and the other podcast fed up you know he makes a good point you know there is no union without you you is the first letter of union and you are the union not the national board they are supposed to represent you the union not the national board not the executive committee people not the national steward system they are not, not the state board the union, you know not the state boards either they're well, supposed to be there we, for we you. Have, yeah, we still have some uh, state presidents who still deliver mail. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there, there are part-time state presidents out there that are still working their routes. Yep. They're still dealing with the same things you and I are dealing with. But there are some that have chosen different paths in the union that taken them off their routes, too. There are some people that went straight from RCA into full-time union duties. There are some people that chose to get off their routes after they left a leadership role and couldn't hack it. And so they went back into a full-time union role before being elected to a position again. 
do I have permission from our uh, board here to mention uh, the NSS going ons? Go for it. Go right ahead. Everybody for, uh, deserves to know. Sure. Yeah. For all the listeners involved, the National Steward System has removed the DR from my district, and they have renamed a uh, they have named a, a new DR from another district. The problem with the whole situation is that in the course of six months, they've lost two ADRs, myself as a local steward, and now the DR, and they're replacing it with somebody who aligns with their mindset. This is a career individual who almost every year is on a national committee at the national convention. So they're, they're fortifying themselves. Basically, they're, they're, they're circling the wagon. And it's because of our podcast and other podcasts, the decertify unit, they are scared. And if we want change, now's the time because we have them rattled. When your president comes out and points the finger at the carriers for not learning the REC system, for blaming the carriers who have not taken advantage but utilized their skills under the evaluated system, to work under evaluation, where they blame us for not having the wherewithal form the duties and keep our routes at, at the levels that they were. This is this is telling you something, folks. They're worried. And trust me, I'm in I'm putting in a couple resolutions that's gonna piss a lot of people off because I don't think the national board should be earning on average, three times what our carriers are making. Four times and five times if you're a table two. Plus having housing provided for them. Yeah, you know, like, like our, our constitution says, we have to furnish we have to furnish housing for the national officers. It says nothing whatsoever about providing furnished housing for the national officers, including their thirty one hundred dollar colonial desk or 65-inch TVs or their $6,000 mattresses. No, folks, everything else is paid for. You don't need to be making almost $200,000 a year to represent us in the fashion that you are. Especially if you Um, haven't carried mail in decades. If you haven't had your feet in an office, running a route, dealing with these... Astrocious scanners, Amazon, hostile management. You haven't dealt with these directly, boots on the ground in, in decades. How can you yeah. represent us properly? Speaking of, listening to Fed Up, he, and although it was a city carrier, he was. He went his last episode. He went into another office to do an investigation for the union about hostile management, and the guy got the cops called on him multiple times for going yep. into that office to investigate. Why isn't our man our leadership going into offices like that, sending people in to investigate these things, sending people in to find out why these offices are having such a bad time? There you know, is I- a there is a reason we have a joint statement 4-40, and it's very close to me. 
Royal Oak, Michigan is not that far away from me. And if you want to know why Joint Statement 4-40 exists, look up Royal Oak Post Office and the situation that happened just before that statement was issued. Management going down this line is going to create another Royal Oak incident. And our union is letting it fall on deaf ears. Our leadership is letting it fall on deaf ears. How many times, Bill, have we seen carriers go to the microphone at national convention and plead for help in tears because of the way that they have been treated in their offices? Well, remember that lady two years ago mm-hmm. that got up there and, oh, we're, we're investigating. I, I bet you she's pr- probably quit already. I mean, you just wanted to go to her office and smack the PM around. You really did. Yeah. I mean, that that, that was that was short of traumatizing, but nobody should be treated like that, especially a grown-ass adult. Carriers should not have to be on a convention floor in tears, pleading for help. Pleading in tears for help because of hostile management. I have seen it in person, firsthand. So has Bill, numerous times. And I'm putting me and Bill out there because we, I mean, Bill's been to more conventions than I have, but we have been to several national conventions, whereas James and Josh have each only been to one. But when you see it every year from not just one, but multiple carriers pleading for help. I've seen a man, a postmaster that is that exact type too. Mm -hmm. Personally, I've personally met one and I guarantee you that those types of managers are the ones that create incidents like Royal Oak. And Royal Oak was because of somebody who got so harassed by management, by their supervisors and the postmaster, that that's what they did. I'm not condoning that activity, just putting it out there that that's why it happened. Well, I, you know, I mean, I've, I've had a postmaster in my office screaming at a carrier up to the point where I walked over and gave gave the carrier a grievance form. And he turned around and screamed at me. And I says, do you really want to do this on the floor? And, and he goes, what? And I says, you know, have this temper tantrum, hostile work environment, threatening attitudes. I says, because, you know, I've got plenty of grievance forms down here. And I says, you know, I don't mind filing EEOs. I says, but. If you want to take this conversation in the office, you're welcome to. I said, but you're not going to do this on my floor. This is my office. I said, this is my floor. And he walked away. He was pissed as shit because he knew I was was right. And you know what? We still filed the EEO. You know, I have seen a carrier go go to ask a postmaster a question about something. Just something to do with that day. And the postmaster literally put their hand up in their face and uh, for the whole talk to the hand type motion. I looked at him. I said, that's hostile. I mean, you, you're, you're going to management. You're going to go ask a question and they put their hand up in your face. Come yep, on now. Yep. So right. you tell them they'll pull back a bloody stub. <laughs> we don't contone that. <laughs> or, or you step back and you say, are you threatening me? Loud enough for everybody to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, get everybody's attention on the floor. So now everybody's a witness. All right, guys, we want to wrap this up for tonight. 
Yeah, I think that's enough yeah. passion for the night. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk about more that I can't talk about, but okay. <laughs> After show. After show. Uh, this is why this is why it pays our audience to come and listen to us live recording because there's always an after show. And a pre-show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And uh, Josh, your final comments for tonight? Uh, like we said earlier, only two more weeks. Stay safe. Take your time. Do it right. Don't get yourself overwhelmed. If you do, step back, take a deep breath, and step back in. Try and have a good week. We'll see you next time. James. We get very passionate when we talk about what our leadership is doing. And some people get upset at us for that. But the reason why is because when you don't question what's going on, you become complacent. Until we have full transparency to the membership, there's going to be questions. There's going to be issues. Being open and honest and discussing things is the only way to prevent disparaging issues with carriers. But the first step in any of that is taking care of the carriers first. And carriers, the first thing you need to do is take care of yourself. Don't let management push you around. Don't let management treat you terribly and harass you. And if you need somebody to talk to, contact us, contact EAP. There are plenty of resources out there that can help you. We will always be here to help people. So until then, just remember, we're all in this together. Very well stated, James. Bill? Well, contrary to what Josh says, we don't have two more weeks. There's going to be overflow. Uh, the, the way this is running right now, if you look at the supply chains, there's all kinds of stuff sitting on the other side of Panama Canal that's not getting to the East Coast. So, you know, just do the best job you can. Take your time. Be safe. You know, watch out for the pitfalls of delivering in the dark. You know, if you have any moment of hesitation that you're not safe, you're not safe. Cease and desist. Go back. File 1767. Don't be out there just because they tell you to. You're the judge of your own safety. Okay, and like I say, you're the most important delivery of the day. Get your ass home to your loved ones because uh, that package will wait till tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Yes, we all are are very passionate. We we uh, you know we we we, we want to see better for the future of the craft. I know myself, especially as a new regular, I, I want to see better over the uh, course of my career, and I know everyone, a single one of you, do too. And uh, on that note, we're going to close for tonight, and we will be back next week. <laughs> as, her, as her parole officer, I wouldn't clarify it that way. <laughs>